So about a week ago, and not even that long, um, this was acceptable. About a week ago, for me, this was, this was an acceptable look as I took my family to Florida and we walked around a few Walt Disney World parks and this was the norm. This is, the, this is what you wear when you're at a Walt Disney World. Now it's not too acceptable, is it? Like it's, I, I don't even know if this particular set of ears are any, at all acceptable for a grown man to wear, um, but my daughter insisted that I wear her ears uh, and so I've got my rose gold. She made sure I understood that what color it was. I'm like, what is that even? She's like, it's rose gold, Dad. It's rose gold. So I got my rose gold mini ears and perfectly acceptable and never questioned in Disney World parks, right? I mean, you, you know this, right? I mean, it's always just the norm, all right? In real world, it's weird, isn't it? Like now you're like, I don't, why, what are you, you're wearing your Mickey shirt, you got your, your weird bedazzled ears on, you know, and like it's just weird, it's not acceptable, so I'll, I'll spare you and I'll take them off. But here's the thing, when it comes to our spiritual ears, which is what Jesus would commonly ask people to put on, Jesus would say, hey, you know, your spiritual ears, that's what, I want you to, that's what I want you to wear. That's what I want you to have on. I want you to put on your spiritual ears because I want you to hear something that is important. I want you to hear something that is true. I want you to hear something that is going to better your life. It's going to better your life. I want you to put on. Jesus would always say, make that statement. He, he would always say, you know, those who have ears to hear, hear what I have to say. I mean, he would commonly make that statement. We're going to look at that in a second. He says, those who have ears to hear, he says, I want you to hear what I have to say because I have something spiritual to say to you, and I need you to put on your spiritual ears. But here's the, here's the truth. Here's the truth. In real world, that's also weird. In Disney world, having these ears on is not weird. In real world, it's Weird if I go about my day today and have my Disney ears on. When you put on your spiritual ears or what Jesus is asking you to do to put on your spiritual ears, in the real world, in the world that we live in, in normal life, it can be perceived as weird. It can be perceived as unusual. It can be perceived as something that's unique then to the normal you know, function and the normal trend of this World, But Jesus is saying, I want you, I want you that when you go out in the real world, even though it's sometimes viewed as weird, even though it's sometimes viewed as unique, it's sometimes viewed as, you know, kind of strange sometimes, he says, I still want you to put on your spiritual ears. No matter what people say, no matter what, how people react, no matter how, you know, what people respond as a result of, you know, what you hear from God and what God has to say to you. He says, I just want you to put on your spiritual ears. I want you to hear what I have to say because what Jesus has to say is always, 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 this is so important, it's always going to make your life better. It's always going to make your life better. It's going to make you better at life. That's what he, so he said, I want you to do that. So Jesus tells, oftentimes told parables. Parables are 
stories. They were, they were familiar scenarios that the listeners would understand. They would, they would get. They would, you know, just like, you know, I used, you know, these Mickey ears or mini ears I use as an example of something, maybe something more spiritual to illustrate a point. Jesus would do the same thing. Jesus would tell stories of things that were familiar so that he can then make a spiritual point. And then he would always end with, so did you hear what I had to say? Did you get what I had to say? So Jesus tells this parable. We're going to pick it up in, in Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter number 8. It's in verse number 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of parables. So I just told you what a parable is. It's a story. Verse, verse 5. And then he begins with this parable that they understood. He says, the sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. He goes on to say in verse 6, other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. He continues on, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Verse 8 he says, other seed fell into good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And here's what, look what he says. And he said these things he would call out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the, this large crowd is gathered around and they hear Jesus give this, this lesson on horticulture. And they're wondering, what in the world is he talking about now? You know, he's talking about seed and sowing seed. And they understand that because that's the way, you know, they functioned in life. They didn't have a grocery store to go to. You know, they would have to, you know, sort of grow their own food. And they would sometimes go to vendors and buy their, their own, you know, produce and things like that from vendors. But they understood the concept of horticulture. And they were, Jesus is telling them something that they probably are like, yeah, we yeah, that happens all the time. You know, some seed falls upon road and, and you know, and it's trampled on and birds come and eat it up. And, you know, other, other seeds, you know, go down into the soil, but they can't go down deep into the soil because there's rocks embedded into the soil. And so it, even though it grows up tall, it doesn't last very long. When the sun comes and hits it, it withers away because it, did, it wasn't deeply rooted into the soil of the ground. So they understood these things. For us, you know, we have to sort of like, put on our thinking caps on and sort of, you know, yeah, I can, I get that. I get that. And then he would give another example. He's like, you know, you know, the, you know, when they, when they grow up and then the, but the other, other thorns, you know, also grow up and, and choke out, you know, the, the, the thing that the, the, the plant that was supposed to grow, you know, and bear fruit, but it couldn't bear any fruit because other things choked it out. They would say, yeah, yeah, we get that. But what is it that you need for us to understand? What is it that you're wanting us to hear when you tell us the story? And even the disciples, look at the disciples. Next verse, look at the disciples say. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. Even the disciples, the guy that spent time with Jesus, they're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, we get it. We get the sower, the seed. We know how it all works. You know, some falls upon the road. Some doesn't go deep into the soil. Some are choked out by, you know, thorns and weeds. And, you know, others, you know, others do take to the soil and they produce, you know, great, great fruit. But what are you talking about? What does, why did you say that we need to put on our ears to really hear because we know, Jesus, how you work. We know that you always speak in spiritual terms. And we know that you want us to understand spiritual things when you tell us these stories. But Jesus, we don't get this 
one. That's what they're saying. So Jesus is like, guys, you know, just kind of like, oh, guys, you know, patting them on the head kind of a thing, you know. It's like, all right, let me, let me explain what this parable means. So then he explains to them. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. Verse 11. Now the parable is this, and here's what he said. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. So Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to understand something. What I'm talking about is is that some people, what happens is, is the seed is the word of God. And the sower in this, in this story was Jesus, but you also could be the sower. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you are the sower. Jesus is the sower. And the seed, he says, is the word of God. He says, and sometimes when the sower you know, puts down the seed or the word of God, th- that some people you know, have hardened hearts is what he's describing. Some people have hardened hearts and they refuse to believe in the gospel message and they refuse to be Saved because of the hardness of the soil, and the soil represents the heart. The soil represents the heart. And then he gives the example of the, of the other one. He says, those on rocky soil are those who, when they hear, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and then in the time of temptation, or that word can also mean in the times of trial, in the times of difficulties, in the times of tough circumstances, that, that could also mean that. In the times of temptation or trials or cir- tough circumstances, they fall away. Because it didn't take root deep enough. It, it hit upon the rocky soil of the heart and it didn't take deep root, root enough. And, and sometimes we see these people, we see these decisions that people make and oftentimes they, they make them in circumstances that are challenging. They make them in times in their life where they're you know, going through it and they're trying to figure out what, you know, what to do. And then they, they, maybe they come across you or they come across a preacher like me or they hear the gospel message somewhere and then they, and they make an emotional decision to follow Jesus, but because of that emotional decision to follow Jesus, that, that, that didn't take root. That seed didn't take root deep enough. And then when more tough times come, when more temptations come, they fall away. We know people like this. We know. We know people like the first example. You keep talking to them about the good news of Jesus and what Jesus has done, and what, what seems to happen? That seed just keeps falling on hard soil, doesn't it? And you've tried every which way, you've tried every particular, you know, unique and method and in every way you can to tell them about the good news of Jesus, but it just keeps falling on hard soil. And some you say, man, you, you thought, wow, man, what an exciting Christian. They received Jesus with joy, but then times got tough. Times got difficult. And Jesus was no longer giving them what they thought that Jesus would give them. This isn't happening to anybody, any of you, I know. But there's times in, in the in lives of people where, where we sometimes follow Jesus for what Jesus can give for us. And when Jesus doesn't, you know, we, when we think their expectation of Jesus doesn't fall short, we fall away, we walk away. Because that's what happens in times of trials. Times of trials really reveal the kind of faith that we have. In difficult circumstances, that reveals the kind of faith that we truly have. And I hope this isn't any of you. And then he gives another 
example of the parable. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with what? The worries and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. These are the people that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You can't, Jesus said you can't serve two masters, right? You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and you can't serve wealth. You can't have two masters. James describes it as a double-minded man. A double-minded man. He says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. This is what Jesus is describing here. He's describing those who, you know, have heard the word of God and then they, they received it into the soil of their heart, but then they allowed the pleasures of this life, they allowed the worries of this life, they allowed the riches of this life to choke it out, to choke it out. And they become a double-minded man. They're trying to serve two masters. They're trying to serve God and they're trying to serve wealth and it doesn't work that way. It never will. And you'll never produce fruit. You'll never produce fruit. And this is always the goal for this parable. Jesus' goal was always this, that I want you to produce some fruit in your life. I want you to see fruit, and I want others to see fruit in your life. Because Jesus said how important fruit was. He says, you know how people will know that you're a follower of me? You know how people will know that you're a Jesus follower? By your fruit. By your fruit. He says, but the seed, and this is what I hope for all of us in this room, but the seed in the, is in the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and they hold it fast, and they bear fruit with perseverance. In other words, they hold on to the truths of God. They hold on to the truths of the word of God. And then as a result of that, and even though they have to persevere because that's what life is, right? Do, you want, do we not realize how persevering life can be sometimes? How challenging life can be sometimes? You know, it's not all Disney World, okay? All right, we go to Disney World and it's still challenging, right? I mean, I'm tired. I need a vacation for my vacation. I'm exhausted. It was like 110, you know, navigating through those parks. Even we're at the, where they claim to be the happiest place on the earth. And I'm like, this is too hot. And I'm tired. I've walked 10 miles today, you know. Even, even in, the, in the most amazing place in the world, what they deem, it's like there's still perseverance. It's a part of life. And Jesus would say, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want the seed to fall upon the good soil and that even when, that, you know, even when you go through it, even when you deal with stuff, even when you're working through job situations and financial stuff and, and, and health issues and relationship conflict, even when you're working through some of these things in life that oftentimes are challenging, you're holding on because why? Because the seed of the word of God was planted and accepted into the good heart, into the good soil of your life and as a result you will bear fruit fruit like just some some scriptural examples of fruit scriptural examples of fruit are, are are things like your generosity your generosity and what you do with your money is an example of the of a demonstration of fruit in your life that you realize that you cannot give god you realize how generous jesus was for you to redeem you from your sins and as a result of that you're saying i'm going to give a portion back of what god has already given me 
me because it's all God's anyways. And I'm going to give a portion back to God because it's his anyways. And so as an example of, of his generosity, I'm going to be generous. It's a fruit that you bear. Your time that you give, the time that you put into serving God, you know, you're not serving, you know, necessarily a church or people. You're serving Jesus. That's who you're ministering to because Jesus says as much as you do unto the least of these, you do it for me. You do it to me. And so you serve out of and you give your time out of the fruits of a good, deep-rooted seed into a good heart. And as are fruits, as a matter of fact, some fruits that I talked about in Hebrews. Hebrews says that, that we are to give the fruits of our lips, the praise to the, to the Lord. That's the fruits of our lips. He's saying, listen, even in any, in all circumstances, you praise him. That's a fruit that you bear. In any and all circumstances, you praise him. These, your time that you give, your money that you give, the praise that you, that you give, you know, the efforts that you put into the work of God because, because you just love what God because of what God has done for you. This is the fruits that you'll bear to some who have received, received and accepted the good seed of God's word and have planted it deep into your heart. But all of these other scenarios could happen. So Jesus is saying this. He says, I want you to hear it, and I want you to accept it. I want you to hear what I have to say to you, but I don't want you to just hear it. I want you to also, I want you to accept it. I want you to accept it. I don't want you to be like the one who, you know, just sort of turned off to God. You know, somebody coaxed you into coming to church here with you today. You know, maybe they offered to buy you a coffee or they told you there was free coffee here at the church. Or maybe they're going to take you out to lunch afterwards and you're like, oh, I guess I'll, you know, for me to get a free lunch, I guess I'll listen to some Yahoo talk, you know, for 40 minutes, you know. And maybe that's you and maybe you're the one. But listen, I need you to hear something. More importantly, Jesus wants you to hear something. That we keep firing the seed of the word of God at your heart and it keeps falling on deaf ears. It keeps falling on a hardened heart. You need to hear that. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, to some tragedy or circumstances, I put my faith in Jesus and, and my faith in Jesus was all emotional and I, my, I've only been following Jesus because of what I think Jesus can do for me instead of what I can do for Jesus because of what Jesus has already done for me. And I've been a Christian because I think that I'm gonna, because the pastor tells me that following Jesus makes my life better, it makes me better at life, and all of that is true, but it's not out of a selfish, self-centered heart. It's not out of a, what can God do for me? How can God do my bidding for me? How is God, how are my prayers going to be answered in the way that I want them to be answered? I don't have any desire, we may say, I don't have any desire to do what the will of God is. My desire is to do my will. That's my desire. And when that happens, your seed has been fallen upon shallow ground. And it may grow up for a while, but when the sun comes, when the challenges come, it's going to wither away. Maybe you're one of those that are trying to hold on to the things of this world, but also have some faith in God. 
Maybe you're somebody that's just trying to grab a hold of things that, that you enjoy in this life and the pleasures. Is now, the life is, they have amazing things. I'm not, not saying that you don't enjoy the things of this life. I'm saying this, is that they shouldn't be your God. They shouldn't be your idol. It shouldn't be the thing that you live most for. That's all. If you have money, have a great time. Just give some of it to the church. <laughs> That's all I ask. I ask you to make some time for God because I think that is important for you to refocus in your life around the things of God. And it keeps you in the proper order of what God has for you. And I just think that the, we need to be careful. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I want you to hear it, and I need you to accept it. I need you to accept it. So maybe you fall into one of these categories of where the seed goes into the soil. And Jesus is asking you right here, he's saying, listen, if you have ears to hear, I want you to hear this. I want you to take the word of God, and I want you to put it deep into the soil of your heart. And when you do that, that thing is going to produce fruits in you. And it's going to change you from the inside out. And you're going to realize how amazing it is to be a follower of Jesus and what Jesus wants to do in and through you for his glory. Not for yours, for his glory. So maybe for you, you're like, you know what, I, I just haven't given this a chance. Maybe for you, you're like, I made an emotional decision, and I'm still sort of waiting to see what God is going to do for me next. Maybe that's you. Or maybe for you, you're holding on to the world, the things of this world, but also trying to make time for God. But God is just a compartment in all the other compartments of your life. And what's going to happen is, is that eventually the world is going to choke out the pleasures, the riches, and the worries of this world is eventually going to choke out your faith in God. And Jesus is saying, I want you to hear it. And I want you to accept it. I want you to receive it. And there's a difference. A lot of people, a lot of people in churches today, a lot of Christians today, think that they have a relationship with Jesus because they heard the gospel. But it's more than that. It's just, it's hearing it, but it's also receiving it. It's also accepting it. And it's also deciding that whatever the word of God says, that's the way I'm going to live my life because that's what accepting it looks like. That's what it looks like. He's not done. Here's what else he says. Look at it, look at it in, verse, it says in verse 16. Now, no one after lighting a lamp covers it, covers it over with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. Then, then look what he says. So take care how you listen. You know what he's saying? He's saying here, he says, I want you to hear it, but I also want you to announce it. I want you to hear it and announce it. That's what I want you to do. I want you to first hear it and then accept it, but then what happens is that when you really, truly accept it, you're gonna want to announce it. 
You're going to want to make it known. And he gives that example of, of the light, right? And he gives the example. Nobody who lights a light is going to cover it. Nobody who lights a light is going to put it under a bed. Here's what he's saying. He's saying you have been received the light of Christ in your life, that you were dead and dark and dormant, but Jesus came into your life and he lit you up for the glory of God so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be set free, so that you can know what it means to have eternal life. Jesus said, I've given you the light. I've put the light inside of you so you for you to shine it. For you to shine it. You are, you are dead and dark and dormant. And Jesus came along and he forgave you of your sins. And when you repented of your sins, the Spirit of God came and resided in your heart and you shine now. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. No one who lights a lamp, he says, no one who turns on a light, no one covers it up. No one puts it under a bed. No, you put it on a lampstand. Why? So that the world can see it. So those who have heard the word of God, those who have heard the good news, the gospel of Jesus, they not only, they not only receive it and accept it, they also announce it. Oh, well, pastor, you know, I'm kind of an introvert. And, um, you know, I try to, like, keep my faith uh, to myself. And, you know, listen, listen, listen. If you truly got the gospel and the beauty of, the, of what Jesus has offered and given to every single one of us, you can't help but announce it. You can't help but want to talk about it with people. You can't help it. Paul said it this way in Romans 10. Look at look Paul says. He says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? He's, in, he's asking the, this ch church this question. How then will they call him who have not believed? He says, ask him another question. How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? Now, for you, you can go, oh, good, I'm off the hook. It's all your job. You're looking at me, you're pointing at me, you're like, you're the preacher. Uh-uh, wrong. Paul was writing to this church as a whole. And you know what he's calling the church? He's calling them a bunch of preachers. You're meant to preach. You're meant to proclaim. You're meant to announce too. Now, I'll do you a favor. If you want to have the boldness to invite somebody to come to church, I'll do the preaching no problem. But what he's really asking you to do, he's really asking you to go out and, to, and preach. And he's asking you to go out and just talk about what Jesus has done in your life. Not what you're against, but what you're for. Because Jesus was always talking about what he was for and never talked about much about what he was against. The only thing he was really against was religion. What he was for was a relationship with him. He's not done. He says, how, when, how will then... How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So he's, he's, he's a, you know, referencing an, an Old Testament scripture. Verse 16, look what he says. However, this is important. However, they did not all heed the good news. However, they did all, not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? You know what he's saying? He's saying, you know, you're going to go. And you're, and you're, and you're going to run into people that are going to have hardened hearts. They're, you're going to just, that's just the reality. And Isaiah was like, I don't know if anybody believed my message. 
Isaiah was like, I don't know if anybody, God, you sent me and I was like all for it. But then when I went to your people, they were all like, they turned deaf ears on me. Did anybody believe our report? And and Paul is saying, he's like, listen, not all are gonna heed the good news. He says this, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You see, here's the the thing. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Because I know, I get frustrated too. You get frustrated too. You think, and and many of you, just like, I I get it, I get it. Many of you have given up on it. Many of you have given up on inviting people to church. Many of you have given up about talking about your faith and what Jesus has done for you. I get it, I get it, I get it. But listen, listen, listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing you need to know. The problem is the soil, not the sower nor the seed. The problem is the soil, not the sower, nor the seed. So here's what you need to know. You need to know this. Sower, keep throwing seed. Because you never know what that seed is going to fall on. And it may fall on a lot of hardened hearts. And it may sink into a shallow soil. And it may fall into a soil where people have allowed the, the things of this world and the pleasures of this life and the wealth of this life, you know, to choke it out. But you might, you might have an opportunity to sow a seed into someone where they receive it with a good heart and they grow up and they produce amazing fruit for God. So you need to know this. It's not your fault It's not your problem. You need to know this. You continue to be the sower with the seed and see what happens with the rest. See what happens, what God could do. So don't quit. I know you're going, oh, I just tried. I've been trying, I've been trying. I can't, it just just seems to fall on deaf ears. Don't quit. Keep sowing seed because it might fall on a good heart with a ready soil to receive the seed that you threw that way. Don't get frustrated. Don't quit. Remember, it's perseverance. Remember, it's perseverance. Don't quit. Keep going. I was, um, about a year ago, I wanted to make sure that um, our church got represented correctly because I was in line at the Secretary of State and I got there early at the Secretary of State. You have to get there early at the Secretary of State or otherwise you're gonna be there for three hours, right? So I got there and I got there early in the morning and there was already a line forming outside of the Secretary of State. And I knew I was gonna have to wait in line so I brought my notebook you know, and I had my phone open and I'm just working on a sermon. I'm just, I'm in line, and I'm just, I have my Bible app open, and I've got my notes, and I'm just, you know, working on a sermon. And I hear, I hear a a lady um, asking the the line. There's now probably, I'm not exaggerating, there's 40 to 50 people in line waiting to get into the Secretary of State. And I hear this lady asking if anybody had a cigarette. And I'm like, I'm not a smoker, so I'm like, I'm just, I'm not listening. I'm just, I heard her ask that. I thought, well, that's, that's a pretty audacious 
thing to ask for, you know, in the line of people, you know. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of looking down on my notes, you know, and, I'm, and, 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 and everybody kind of just is silent. Nobody, nobody said anything. I didn't hear anybody go, yeah, I have one. Here you go, you know. I didn't hear any of that. And then I hear, and then I hear a bunch of laughter and, and then I hear people, like now the line, a bunch of laughter. And then I hear people going, she's driving a Market Street church van. And I now look up. And it was a lady who we let borrow our van because she, her car was in, in, in getting, getting fixed and we didn't have a vehicle. So we're like, well, we have a van. You can, you can drive our van around, you know, if you want. So we let her borrow the van, but it was, she, was, she was in our church van and, and now people are cracking up because she's just like trying to bum a cigarette and she's getting into our church van. And so like, what? they're like, I hear people going, what kind of church is that? You know, like, this is, I'm hearing these things. And so I'm like, I, I, and I, I, I'm introverted by nature. I just, I, and I, I thought I need, to, I need to do something here. So I said, you know what's funnier? I said, I'm the pastor at that church. <laughs> the whole 40, 50 people started cracking up and they're looking at me. I go, and I had to, I go, I, she needed a, I'm explaining to 40, 50 people in the set line of Secretary of State of you know, how we were just trying to help this lady. And it was just, and then the people next to me, they're asking me questions about the church, you know, about you. And I'm like, oh, we're, I say, oh, we're an amazing church. Like, we have some amazing people. You should come and, and check us out. And it, it, it was just, it was just kind of a funny, funny thing. But I just, I felt the need to, I heard what I heard and I felt the need, I need to announce and give our church a better, better, better name than what that, I just had, I just needed to announce that and I you trust me this this takes a lot for me to stand up in front of you on Sunday mornings it really does and for me to, you know stand into a line you know and and say that you know it was, it was only the spirit of God you know but God God worry but I just have felt compelled to hear what I hear heard but to announce and oftentimes I think I think that there's a bad name a bad reputation when it comes to Christianity there's a bad name when it comes to the church when it comes to Jesus in the world out there, and what would it be, what would it look like if we decided to represent Jesus in a way that he wants to be represented and to shine his light to a world that needs to see him and to hear about how amazing it is to follow him. So we need, I know, I know, I'm not, I'm not one to talk about, listen, I get it, I get it. But what would change if you realized of the good news of Jesus and the good things that God has for you and for the world, and for you to come out of your comfort zone, and for you to share, and for you to shine a light to a world that needs Jesus, it would change everything. It would change everything. The third thing is this. Here's the important thing when it comes to the word of God. He says, I want you to hear it and apply it. I want you to hear it and apply it. So first thing, I want you to hear it. I want you to accept it. And the second thing is I want you to hear it and then announce it. And Jesus is now telling them, I want you to hear it, but now I want you to apply it. Look what he says. Look at the rest as the story goes on. 
Verse 19. And his mother and brothers came to him, and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd. Remember, there was a crowd, large crowd. And it was reported to him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. Verse 21. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. He says, that's who they are. Mom and brothers are out worried about Jesus. As a matter of fact, Mark's gospel records that they thought that Jesus lost his senses. They thought that Jesus was off his rocker. They thought that Jesus was a little crazy at this point. He's got a large crowd around him and his mother and his brothers are worried about Jesus and they were coming to try to get him away from the crowd, get him out of that circumstance. And Jesus fires back at at them and says, hey, go and tell mom. I know it sounds disrespectful. He really wasn't being disrespectful, but he was just wanted to to give a message. He wanted this to be known that this was important. He says, "Tell, tell them that my mother mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God, but they do it. They apply it. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. It's one thing to hear it, but it's a whole other thing. This is where, this is where fruits are produced. But you got to apply it. We got to apply it. Here, here's the thing when it comes to that. I, um, like I said, uh, you know, I come, I'm come in Disney, and we hear about their customer service quality. It's amazing. If you ever don't know about Disney's customer service quality, it's un, it's it, uh, unbelievable. For example, so we he, we heard how we heard how great it was. We heard how well their customer service was. So, but we didn't really quite understand it. And so, until it happened to us, my daughter came off a ride, and she's like, "Dad," she goes, "I I left my sunglasses in in, in there in the in the ride." And so I walk up to the uh, lady, one of the ladies that was working the ride. I said, I said, ma'am, I said, my daughter, she thinks she left her sunglasses in, in one of these rides. And so she said, oh, hold on, let me, let me go look. And so they, they spent a couple, t- a couple times looking around in, into the little teacups uh, ride that we were riding on. And they, they were like, sir, we're sorry, we can't find it. And I was like, oh, I know. So I'm like, sorry, you know, you know, we, they, they can't find it. They said, sir, she said, sir, come here for a second, come here for a second. And so she opens up this, this notepad or whatever, and it's got these, these tickets in there. And she starts writing my name down, and she starts writing down sunglasses. And she takes out, takes out this, this, this ticket, and she hands it to me. She says, take this to any store in the park, and they'll replace your daughter's sunglasses. Sorry, sir, we're sorry that your daughter lost her. They're apologizing to me for my daughter losing her sunglasses. And I was like, really? I'm like, any store? Like, any sunglasses? She's like, yeah, any, any store, any sunglasses. So, so, so I'm like, sweet, you know? So, so we're like, this is amazing. So, you know, so then my daughter, we go to the store and she gets these, these sunglasses, like the, these ones right here. This is the one she picked out right here. And, and it, was, it didn't take long for her to break another pair. She broke the, the, the nose pad, a couple, actually both of the nose pads on the sunglasses. It didn't, it didn't take long at all. So I said, give me the sunglasses. So I walked into a store in, in a Disney park. I said, my daughter broke these sunglasses. And before I could even finish that sentence, they were already taking the tags off of a new pair of sunglasses. I said, this is amazing. My mother-in-law is watching this and she's going, Wait, maybe I can get our new spray bottle replaced that we got five years ago when we went to Disney. So 
she went up to a store. She said, our spray bottle isn't working. They said, don't worry about it, ma'am. We got it. She got a new spray bottle out of it. And I'm, I'm thinking, what else can we break so that we can get something new here? And, and I'm like, I lost my sunglasses on a ride, but I didn't have time to go and get new sunglasses for me. But man, what else? I was just trying to, oh, pick up, what? Oh, the pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. We said we, the, the pen we got wasn't working very well, and we like got the pen replaced. Nathan had a pen that was broken. We got the, it was just amazing. We heard about their customer service, and we were like, oh, we got to apply this. It was great. You, when you got, I know it's the most expensive day of the year, but you can get anything replaced. I mean, they're like, well, you already gave us, you know, your whole bank checking account, so you can have a new pen. pen. You can have a new pair of sunglasses if you want. But listen, you hear it and then you apply it. This is how the word of God works. When you hear it, you need to apply it because that's when it works. That's when it works. You hear it and you apply it. You know what, James, you know, one of the brothers that was asking, you know, Jesus to come on, let's go, Jesus, let's get out of here. James was one of those guys. You know what James said? James like, I hear it, I accepted it. It took after the resurrection for James to do it. He says, I hear it, I've accepted it, and I'm announcing it. And now James is writing this letter to this church to say, listen, don't just accept it, don't just announce it, but you need to apply it personally. James, one of the brothers waiting for Jesus and Jesus' words back to him says, my mother and my brothers are these who hear my words and do it. And now James heard it loud and clear. He put his spiritual ears on and he said, this is it. This is where fruits happen. And James wrote this in James 1. James, the brother of Jesus. But prove yourself doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves or fool themselves or trick themselves. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. And then he says this, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. If we're just hearers of the word, we're like the person that looks at ourselves in the mirror and realizes, I got some things I got to work on. I got some things I got to address. I got some things I got to change. I got some things that I got to make better. And instead, of they walk away and they walk out in a mess. And he says, those are the hearers. Those are the forgetful hearers. He says, but when change happens... When better things come, when fruit is produced, those are the people that are doers of the word. Look what he says now. He's verse 25. He says, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the word of God, the law of liberty, that's where freedom comes. That's where freedom happens. The perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man, this person, this woman, this child, young and old, will be blessed in what he or she does. Hear it and accept it. Hear it and announce it. Hear it and apply it. And when you do that, you're going to be blessed in what you do. When you do that, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to bear fruit in your life. 
When you do that, God is honored. Hear it and apply it. Come on. It will change everything for you. I hope that you had your spiritual ears on today. I hope the seed of the word of God didn't fall on a hard soil. I hope it didn't. I hope that maybe you're here and you're like going through it. And I hope that you don't make an emotional decision, but a decision that is based on the truth of God's word, based on the support of the evidence that we have of a true living Jesus who died for your sins and who was raised on the third day just like he said he would do. And that your seed of the word is planted into a good heart so that you can produce fruit, so that you will produce fruit in your life that will change you forever. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that we're not just hearers in this church that we're doers, that we take what we heard today, that we put on our spiritual ears as a part of the body that you have given us, that we hear it, that we have a desire to not just apply it and announce it, but we just accept it into the good soil of our heart. But God, I pray, Lord, for every single person here that as we go, we just shine that light. As we go, we apply your word because that's where life change occurs. That's when we begin to realize who we truly are created for and to be in this world that we live in. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word as a preacher but I don't want to just be a preacher on Sunday mornings at 11. I want to be a preacher Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day. I want to be a preacher of your word. And just maybe, just maybe it will fall on, the seed that I throw will fall on good soil of someone's heart. But help us not to give up on that. Help us not to get frustrated with that. But help us to be to persevere and to endure through all of it. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Good to see everybody.